market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Stocks will try to extend the best two-day rally since November. Futures are steady as we watch Amazon Alphabet. ADP a nice beat, three times the estimate. And we got one eye, of course, on GameStop and AMC. Pretty steady. Our roadmap begins with summoning regulators over GameStop. The Treasury Secretary calling a meeting to discuss the recent retail frenzy. Plus, it is the end of an era. Jeff Bezos will be stepping down as Amazon's CEO in the third quarter. This just as his company announces its first $100 billion revenue quarter. And, of course, we're keeping an eye on all things earnings. Shares of Alphabet are surging this morning. This on strong ad sales. Spotify shares, well, they're down. This ahead of the open, despite what was a 24% jump in subscribers, Carl. Another name that we will hopefully hit in the next hour ahead. Yeah, a lot of interesting calls on Spotify in the last few weeks. Jim, though, I got to unpack Amazon to start. A lot of discussion, not just about the slight deceleration in AWS, but obviously the transition to Jassy. You know, the point's been made this morning that, at least in big tech, the playbook of founder transitions is thin, but it's getting broader over time. I am such a huge fan of Andy Jassy. He has been very customer-centric. When he came on Mad Money not that long ago, he talked about cutting the price of Amazon Web Services endlessly in order to stay ahead of the game. We're going to talk about Alphabet. You have to do that and continue to be able to dominate the cloud. David has been so good at talking about the transition from a book retailer to a company that sells others, to a company that is hiring 500,000 people this year, to a company that is the tech leader. And, David, the arc of Amazon doesn't, in the end, lead to Jassy? Yeah. I mean, listen, Amazon Web Services has been such an important component of the overall profitability of the company. Its revenue number is, 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 is significant, too. But when compared to overall the revenues that come from the retail business, it's still relatively small on that basis. But as you well know, Jim, its profitability is far higher. The margins are. And it's a, com- it's a, it's a part of the company that was started internally. I mean, like so many other things that Mr. Bezos has overseen in terms of the innovation, in terms of the relentlessness of their, of their attack, uh, whatever it might be, and their willingness to throw things aside if they don't work, Jim. It, it's really been something to watch. We'll keep an eye on the stock this morning. I mean, so many numbers to, to talk about in terms of just the size of this company. We mentioned the 100 and, what, well, really it was $125 billion in revenue, 1.3 million employees. And, Jim, they hired 170,000 people in the fourth quarter, 170,000. Uh, the great Jim Senegal who uh, took Costco to where it had to go, uh, often talked to me about the idea that when you hire new people, there's a tremendous cost to it, and they don't necessarily pull their own weight initially. That's one of the reasons why I think that even though people might say, well, wait a second, I'm worried about whether Jassy's Bezos, I'm worried about whether the numbers are going to be what they were. The cost that these people uh, had just because of COVID and the need to hire were staggering. And yet, David, $100 billion quarter, they made a lot of money. Uh, people who think that this is a nesting trade and once things get back to normal, they're not going to do as well. That's nonsense. Carl, even though that the stock is doing well, you have to buy it today. You have to buy it because Jassy is the man. It isn't like Bezos is just off in the blue yonder. What I want to urge people to do, and people don't want to do this because it's very time consuming, go to the Amazon release. Read about the future. There is just 
paragraph after paragraph of what they have planned. Most companies couldn't even do a, a three paragraphs. The things that they're up to, Carl, are the future. And Jassy is it, it really he is the key for a lot of these initiatives. So I'm very excited about it. I, when I had Jassy on, I've got to tell you, I mean, he, he's a competitor. Yes, yeah, course, no kid, by the way. And, and without <laughs> a doubt, uh, I, I would say one of the toughest people I've ever had on Mad Money, in part because he talked to Blue Streak, and I basically stopped him during the commercial. I said, hey, listen, I don't understand all the stuff you're saying. It, it, it was like, so what? <laughs> I love a guy like that. Always put you in your place, Carl. Yeah. We need to be put in our places. No, we I are saw, in the end just media. I saw on Twitter you mentioned his, uh, his competitive streak. Interesting, you know, Bezos over the past years has talked about how the quarter, once it's reported, has really been in the works for, he says, two to three years. And Jassy has spoken to us in the past about lessons that he's learned from Bezos himself. Take, here's an example. I think sometimes leaders get this principle of being right a lot wrong which is that they think that being right a lot means that the idea has to come from you and you, and you dig in on your idea and you have to win the argument the job for all of us as leaders is to make the right decisions and the best way to make the right decisions is to get all the data on the table and hear all the smart people expressing their opinions and put it together and evolve your opinion and jeff really good at that as for the street jim uh, jp morgan goes to 4400 Stiefel goes to 4,000. Street high this morning is now Susquehanna at 5,200. Well, look, I, it, when you think about this, just think about, about the big game on Sunday. And there are a lot of people who say, okay, well, there can only be one Lombardi trophy. There can only be one winner. When I look at what, uh, what Amazon did last night, I, I'm staggered. I mean, I just don't know how you can make that much money. I found myself thinking, thank heaven I don't have to go against them. And then I was thinking about Alphabet and what they've done and the pivot that Ruth Porat discussed last night about YouTube and, of course, Google Cloud and the amazing Tom, Thomas Curry. And, and I come back and say, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to compete against those guys. There's a lot of Lombardi Trophy winners hanging around here, Carl. And those who are focused on things like uh, what happened with GameStop, enjoy Enjoy. That's good pregame. Hey, maybe it's halftime, but it's not the game. No. Amazon, Alphabet, Apple, Facebook, we've talked so much about them. And, and by the way, the other stories that we've also focused on, that's the game. That, oh, the game. That's the focus, Jim. You're right. Um, as will be what Mr. Bezos chooses to do or how he chooses to sort of approach this transition. I mean, that's going to be a fascinating part of this. He will be the executive chairman, so he still will be in a leadership position. Uh, but he has, uh, as we all know, a lot of other areas of interest, Blue Origin, certainly in terms of uh, space exploration. And then, Carl, it gets to the larger questions as to, you know, will he uh, move in a direction that Bill Gates, for example, did? in terms of philanthropy in some way, being one of, and for a while, the wealthiest man in the world. He may once again reclaim that title, depending on what happens to Tesla's stock price. But uh, it will be fascinating to watch Mr. Bezos, as of, uh, you know, from the times when he used to actually join us on Squawk Box 20-some-odd years ago to uh, him mm. becoming a, 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 a lot less frequent visitor, let's put it that way. But I've followed him closely, and, and, uh, and it's fascinating to watch as his career and his life sort of advance here and the decisions that he's making outside of Amazon. Uh, if I yeah, can just speak for a second, Carl, I've got this uh, delay. Yep. Uh, I just want to quickly interview that 
when I talk to all the companies that are doing EV, they're talking about running on hydrogen. They always say, Carl, the reason why they have to do this is because Amazon insists. I think his legacy may turn out to be clean air. Uh, Carl, his insistence that the supply chain meet much higher standards than the U.S. government is an amazing thing because he knew that the government could not be a leader. So he chose to be a leader. And I salute him. Uh, we're going to rely, obviously, a lot on the private sector for all kinds of initiatives, whether that's climate. We'll see. Certainly space for now, Jim. Uh, as we pivot to as we I, I'm getting word that we're going to watch GameStop, I guess, as well this morning, which, by the way, Jim, will remain a story as we uh, keep an eye on the tick by tick now. Twenty three percent. What do we think Yellen uh, has in mind uh, with this meeting with the SEC and the CFTC? Well, I think that the secretary uh, wants very much to be able to say, I want to know what happened to the regular person here. I want to know whether we need to change uh, some of the some of the regulation. You know, uh, we'll be, Vlad Tennant put out a piece yesterday about same day transactions and what it would mean and how much better it would be versus the way that Wall Street has done things. He's a revolutionary who's obviously been pilloried during this period. Robin Hood has not necessarily come out as being a good uh, actor, I, I think they're uh, tremendous because they brought 17 million people in. But if, a, a secretary should do this because we want markets to be free and fair. But I think that one of the things that she's always going to have to address, and David, you know this, is the notion of caveat emptor. When you buy a stock, it's risky. And if she's going to try to get uh, anything that, gets, that makes it clear that when you decide, let's say, you're going to be in something like a GameStop, that's terrific. Everybody has a right to do everything. But please understand the risks and understand suitability. Anything, David, that she can do that's like that is going to end up helping the regular person and not hurt, of course, the hedge funds. Right. Uh, and perhaps the move away from this. Well, we'll see. I don't know. The, the antagonism between sort of these traders and, and the hedge right. funds. You know, interesting. And you know, a lot of people end up losing here. It's unclear how many people will, will, will really gain when, when, we, when we tell the story. Uh, those who were long early, obviously, in GameStop and chose to get out certainly are the beneficiaries, perhaps, and have done quite well. But there are plenty who got in and are suffering or have suffered significant losses. Obviously, the hedge fund, Melvin being the key one, down dramatically. A number of other hedge funds. Robinhood, a loser here, one would argue, as well, uh, angering its customer base, having to raise billions of dollars. And a fascinating story. Um, but, guys, to return back to earnings this morning and move from Amazon to Alphabet, I think it's worth mentioning because shares of Alphabet are going to be up, uh, I'm seeing it right now, significantly. Uh, and, Jim, you know, I'm looking at a note here from our, uh, our friends over at Moffitt Nathanson, who you follow closely uh, as well. As you can see, $132 rise in that stock, almost 7% pre-market right now. And they're just talking about how the fact that Google keeps or Alphabet keeps giving us more and more information uh, on different areas of its business, which, at least in their opinion, at Moffat Nathanson is shining a closer light on the fact that the core business is actually growing more quickly than might have been anticipated. Operating profits up 11 percent in a COVID-19 pandemic impacted 2020 after mid-teens growth in 19. And even with no assigned value for other bets in Google Cloud, if you back out around 155 billion of expected cash, you get 25 percent growth in services operating income this year. It's trading at 23 times. Hence, they say the stock is cheap. I, I immediately sent Michael Nathanson an email saying, can you believe the transition? Ruth Porat doing some fantastic work, CFO, on a conference call. There was a time, David, this reminds me of Disney. All we ever used to talk about was declining ESPN. We used to talk about declining how much it cost, how much they made on a, on a click. 
This was about YouTube, YouTube dominance, finally realizing maybe they have something bigger than broadcast. What's taking so long? And then what Thomas Curian has done with the cloud. Now, it's interesting, David, they're not making any money to the cloud. They're committed to the cloud. I think they saw what Saudi and Nadella did with Azure. Obviously, they saw what Andy Jassy did with, with, uh, with Amazon Web Services. So that story, the, the story of YouTube and the story of Google Cloud, Thomas Curran, David, that was the narrative they chose. I'm forgetting about how much money they make per click. I am thinking about what they're going to make in Google Cloud. Right, and, and, which will be interesting and is certainly worthy of your attention. But, you know, Jim, I can't help coming back to my focus, which has always been on media, and digital advertising has incredible momentum. We saw the Facebook numbers. We've now seen Alphabet's numbers. And you do have to wonder, back to the GameStop scenario, um, shares of Viacom, shares of some of the more traditional sellers of advertising have been up dramatically, but the momentum clearly seems to be on the digital side of this business. Yeah, David, we had uh, Anheuser-Busch on this morning, and they're going to, of course, have some commercials in the Super Bowl. But I think that what's going to happen, the next thing you hear is the ad prices are going to go down. Why? Because you can reach the right people, the people who want to watch when it comes to Google. They can watch it all the time they want because YouTube is there forever. The billions, the numbers of views of YouTube are staggering. Carl, it, it's a passing of the guard. Uh, Ruth Porat did not want to rub it in people's faces. But there's no doubt about it. Rates are coming down for traditional advertising. And, and, and it's, it really is going to be YouTube that takes them down. Yeah, uh, certainly paid off. Uh, biggest revenue growth for Google in almost three years, uh, which is amazing in and of itself. We'll take a break here. Uh, plenty to get to on stimulus talks. Some of these reassuring COVID trends got upgrades of our parent Comcast, Kohl's, and NXPI. We're back in a minute. Talking about David versus Goliath, we have on one side Wall Street bets, retail investors, individuals. I don't know their exact trade sizes, but I would imagine it's in the thousands, the low thousands. And then on the other side, you have massive hedge funds and institutions whose bet size is more in the millions or tens or even hundreds of millions. And then, you, of course, on one side, you've got Reddit. On the other side, you've got mainstream media. That sounds pretty David and Goliath to me. That's Reddit CEO uh, Steve Huffman talking to Kara Swisher on her Sway uh, New York Times podcast. Jim, uh, critical of a lot of, uh, I guess you'd call it, legacy media, and that would include us. Well, look, uh, David took out uh, Goliath with a slingshot, and that's great. But you know what? There are no more Goliaths. I think the Goliath is, is a little, uh, let's say, uh, uh, sui generis, as they would say in law school, meaning there is no next one because there aren't that a lot of companies that were uh, so mistakenly being able to be shorted at a level that there were just not enough shares to go around. Uh, David, you know that we can easily make this thing into the little guy versus the big guy, regular guy versus the hedge funds. It's great. That demonization is a terrific story. But the problem, David, is, is that those who are searching for the next, uh, next GameStop may find out that there aren't a lot of GameStops, not a lot of companies that are willing to keep quiet, not telling you what their plan is, not a lot of companies whose stock can go up 10, 20 times just because there's just not enough shares to borrow. So it may be futile. Obviously, we never want to say that there aren't more because then no. the people from Reddit can say we're keeping them down. But, David, I mean, again, I'm looking yeah. for the next uh, GMA. It's a little harder to find than you think. I'm sure it is. I mean, this may be uh, more of a unique situation. But, Jim, that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be speculative access in other parts of the market and or that right. 
uh, traders who are looking for opportunity are not going to also focus on EV names, on SPACs. I mean, we know that. We've seen it. We've seen the combination of the two, uh, which generates a good deal of enthusiasm, to put it uh, mildly. It's interesting from my perspective because, as you well know, all of the SPAC sponsors want to come on. Uh, Every day they want to be on TV here because they want to reach some of the same people who are fighting with the hedge funds, and yet they rely on them in part to send their SPACs higher. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a funny uh, grouping there, I guess. On one, on one hand, they're fighting. On the other, they're relying on that, that same cohort, Jim, to help them send their SPACs higher when they announce deals. By the way, today is another day that we've got a bunch of them. Uh, to tell people about, whether it's Dragoneer. Later on today, we're going to have Betsy Cohn as well. They've got a new deal. Um, there are so many. Uh, and that will continue also, Jim. It's not about shorts or, or trying to squeeze the shorts, but it is certainly about something that is exciting uh, retail traders. Right. Uh, David, you talk about there's promoters and there are operators. When you first hear about uh, the SPAC, it tends to be, what do I think about that person? And ultimately, they try to gravitate to a business. And then you say, what do you think about that business? What people have to recognize is SPACs don't have the same rules uh, as regular offerings. They can make projections. The projections are almost all fantastic. Carl, every SPAC that I've seen, 2030 is going to be the greatest year ever. 2030. Wow. I mean, I don't know, Carl, is that the time frame? Not clear for me. <laughs> Right. We'll see what we're all doing uh, in uh, in nine years, Jim. As for uh, Robinhood, uh, we are seeing now the list of would be Super Bowl uh, sponsors, uh, basically commercial owners uh, uh, to include a list like DoorDash and, and Robinhood as well, Jim, as they try to reach an audience that is as broad as you can possibly get. I think we have a small piece of sound, maybe. Well, oh, good. Don't think you're an investor. We make investments morning. Noon. And wait, what time is it exactly? Do we make short-term investments? Long-term investments? All right, Jim. So um, that's, a, that's a $5 million piece of advertising uh, where inventory is basically sold out. You don't need to become an investor. Well, look, uh, I think that Vlad Tanev is playing a little bit on defense. Obviously, it got quite, quite personal. Very difficult New York Times article yesterday. I think that. I know Vlad doesn't. But what I think that is really at stake here is the notion that there are so many people who want to own individual stocks. Young people want to own. They regard it as a revolution. I regard it as a revolution. So, Carl, the, the more power to these people, the better. I welcome them. We all have to welcome them because we cannot forget that there are individuals who don't want to be in index funds. They want to pick stocks. They love certain stocks. And, and quote, why not? It's a return to the days when individuals realize they can make fortunes by buying the right stocks. Please not on margin. They should have gone about margin in that ad saying, listen, don't borrow money. Just own. That's my view, Carl. That's where I come out. Yeah. Now we're going to hear a lot more from them, not just on Super Bowl Sunday, but House Financial Services on the 18th of this month as well. We'll take a break here. Plenty to get to. Uh, we'll talk some cannabis stocks this morning on pace for a very nice open as well. Futures mixed here, but uh, NASDAQ reflecting big tech earnings. Back in a moment. Okay, it's time for a uh, mad dash, and then we will get to that opening bell, as you see, less than three minutes away. Abby is a name I haven't heard you uh, talk about in a little bit. I have, and people don't recognize that the largest selling drug of all time is a company called, is a drug called Umira, which is an immunological franchise. 
it's going to end up probably ha- having more than, I don't know, you say it might be $240 billion. But, David, it's coming off patent suit. Uh, and, and in Europe, they're biosimilars. What's so exciting for people who own AbbVie, which is the split off of Abbott, is that, is that they've come up with uh, Skyreezy and Rimbach, which are ways to be able to counter Yumira going off patent. And the numbers there are staggering, much better than people thought. Uh, this is a transition company that has been viewed as kind of an also-ran. Like, why did they have to go buy Allergan to get the Botox franchise? Which, by, isn't, by the way, isn't doing that well because you can't, people just don't go to a, a doctor right now because of COVID. But they're putting these numbers up. The numbers are staggering. The yield is terrific. And people are going to say, you know what, maybe this is the one that I should own uh, when we've, we've calmed down with Pfizer and when we've decided that there's a post-pandemic period. Uh, Richard Gonzalez, not a self-promoter, CEO, doing a remarkable job. This is a very inexpensive stock, David. This sells at eight times earnings. Is it really? Eight times. Uh, and obviously it's a eight large times. company, well, you know, a little less than a $200 billion yes. market value, but uh, quite significant. Um, and you see it as a real competitor in these other in these other areas with these newer drugs you're talking about. Right. People don't want to focus on this because people are so worried about the Yumira profit just going down precipitously, as we know what happens when things go off patent. But if they have replacement drugs and the replacement drugs are a billion dollars ahead, then we have to believe that the franchise is not in question. You, you don't get a 5% yield because you think that people are, are uh, confident with a, with a drug company. You get it because people are worried. I think that this quarter may have taken that worry off the table. It's a very important quarter, and that's why the stock's reacting so positively, David. Got it. As we take a look there, Jim, at uh, what we expect, at least when we get to the open. Carl, 30 seconds or so from now, of course, a very strong day yesterday in the markets. We'll see how uh, they take those strong earnings from Amazon and Alphabet. Sometimes I want to forget about the bond market, guys. We can talk a little bit about that Apple bond deal. Wow. It's almost like the U.S. government issuing. Yeah, you got uh, you got Apple with uh, with the deal. We got a three for one stock split over at Sherwin Williams. Uh, there's a lot going on in the capital markets. Obviously, there's the opening bell and a look at the S&P at the bottom of your screen. Jim, just to stick on healthcare, and I know Faber is going to do GW, and you've been talking about uh, Jazz GW all morning. But uh, the AZN numbers, the Oxford vaccine, uh, were pretty encouraging yesterday. Seventy six percent. Uh, greater 82 with the second dose at a time where the White House is not only increasing direct supply to the states, but now direct to pharmacies like CVS in 11 states. It's happening. It's happening, Carl. The reopening trade. Now we're going to start talking about maybe a vaccine glut by May. That is something I thought could happen. I had uh, the unbelievable Carol Tomei on last night uh, from UPS, and she talked about the, the difficulties of getting of getting in 20 hours these vaccines from the manufacturing site, she's a part of it, not all of it, to, say, a CVS. It's rather, I mean, if I were uh, President Biden, I would actually, like, go in a UPS truck and just show you how hard it is to get there. There's miraculous efforts. By the way, AstraZeneca is good. We don't talk about Sputnik V enough. The Russians have something that's very, very compelling. And, and, and i got to tell you, David, when we talk about the Russians, we tend to think that they're slipshod. Excellent piece in The New Yorker saying really the opposite. They're saying, listen, we got to get in people's arms. We've had very good luck. Uh, they may turn out to be a far more important worldwide ender of the pandemic hmm. than anything that we have in this country, David. That's very interesting. Well, listen, yeah, the, we, science uh, has always had a very important place in Russia. We know that, right? Uh, in terms of their, well, wh- whether you start with the work on the atomic bomb after, of course, uh, we uh, were the first there onto the space race and everything else. 
Jim, we know that, although they have had a lot of scientists leave the country. Um, speaking of science, I, uh, Jim, I did want to get to you on GW. Carl mentioned it. Let's take a look. <laughs> They're not going to let us stop looking at GameStop, are they, guys? They're just, the control room is just going to keep putting it right. keep The control it room is in charge. <laughs> yeah, they're in charge. You think I you want to talk it. Jazz, Pharma, GW? No, you got to talk GameStop. Um, but there it is. It, uh, we, we kid. We kid. Um, you can see, though, it's a huge premium, Jim, for a company you've talked about a lot. You've had them as a guest, of course, on Mad Money. Let me just go through a couple of quick things here in having spoken to people who helped to put the deal together. I mean, you're going to have a lot of leverage at Jazz Pharma. This is not an insignificant acquisition for this company, uh, given its size and what it's paying, some $7.2 billion, most of it in cash. They're borrowing that money. When you net out cash at GW Pharma, you do get a bit of a lower number, but not much. They're going to be at 5.5 times leverage at close, but they say they're going to reduce that very quickly, given the cash flow characteristics of the combined company. Sleep disorders, oncology, obviously they already have at GW that drug uh, to treat um, uh, patients in one year or older for the treatment of seizures. Um, Jim, I want your take on whether it makes sense to you, given it is a very aggressive move for Jazz Pharma, which does say it's going to be, well, massively accretive. Those are my words, not theirs to a certain extent, but accretive day one. Well, I've always appreciated Justin Gover as the CEO. He's been on Mad Money many, many times. And what he's done at GW Pharma is come up, the key word here is dosing. Right now, if you want to take cannabis, the reason why it has not been so successful with, with doctors is you can't dose it correctly. But with GW Pharma, you can dose the cannabis that they make effectively. So, yes, right now it's just been a remarkable drug for a very small population, really uh, parents driving it, of uh, children with epilepsy. The big hope here is neuroscience, that if we can get cannabis to replace opiates, this is not something Justin talks about. It is off-label. I want to be very careful. It's my talking about it, not him. But if you can do that, then what happens is you've, is you've got Jazz and GW coming up with, I think it's the first anti-pain company that is not addictive. Right now, remember, cannabis remains, a, uh, for medicine, is actually a class one felony. The only, the only place you can actually get cannabis legally that, for this is the University of Mississippi. This is a remarkable move and a demonstration that Justin Gover never missed the mission, which was to help children. But, oh, my God, I think that this neuroscience leader that's come from jazz is very impressive. I think that Justin has fought through many different periods where he had said, you know what, cannabis is fine. And when you look at Scott's Miracle Grow, we can talk about that. But what matters is the ability for a doctor to write a prescription for cannabis. And the only one you can do, David, is yeah, GW Pharma. And the can cannabinoid there. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, shares of Jazz Pharma, just from an M&A perspective, had looked like they were going to be down. They are now rebounding and actually up. So yeah. uh, they are getting some credit uh, at this point. They, they've looked at this deal for quite some time, is my understanding. Been talking for, for a bit unclear whether there was any sort of auction but given the price jim it's not as though somebody else is expected to step in here quite a premium that they're willing to pay well when i talk to justin justin's a dry fellow our discussions are often about how the heck did he get uh, how the hell did he get uh, typified with Tilray? I mean, why is he with Canopy Growth? Would you actually like it? There's a, all these different uh, ETFs, and suddenly here's GW Pharma, which is a drug company, and it, it's lumped in with, with, with companies that you and I, David, are, 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 would say, well, wait a second. They need legalization. And so he's been, uh, his stock has been kept down by the fact that he is part of the ETFization of, uh, of cannabis, not cannabinoid. So congratulations to him to be able to say, you know what, 
I want this company to be a science company, not a pot company. And, David, pot companies haven't done all that well, as we know. No, no. And, Carl, yeah, to to Jim's point, it is not a pot company. We may lump it in, but it is, as he says, about drug development and will soon be, when they close the deal, of course, a part of jazz. But, Carl, there's a look at GameStop. I don't know if you've noticed it. Uh, It's it's still up. (laughs) Thanks. uh, About 10 (laughs) percent. Yeah, believe me, I know this is the topic of discussion in the the booth as well. Uh, Jim mentions uh, cannabis more broadly, Jim. Scott's miracle Grow first uh, profitable winter quarter. I think we can probably guess why. It's up eight. Tilray's up eight. Uh, On Monday, uh, that statement from not just Cory Booker and Ron Wyden, but leader Schumer, uh, that they are going to make cannabis reform a priority in this Congress. I mean, this is something that the Bulls have been waiting for for a long time at the federal level. Yeah, I, look, there are a lot of states where this is completely legal, so I don't want to talk out, uh, out of school. I am a gardener. Uh, when you use Scott's miracle Grow, your plants look great. But uh, there are different uh, growth generations similar. There are, are, are materials that you need in order to be able to have successful cannabis. It's a cash crop for uh, everybody, including the regular person. Uh, I know Scott's miracle Grow as being a company that makes it so that you have a green lawn. My kids know it as a company that's a chemical company. It, it's a battle, but when you take it over to uh, being able to grow cannabis, suddenly it becomes a company that is liberating. And David, everyone wants a cash crop that, that makes it so you don't have to pay the other guy. This is a remarkable quarter. Dave, this has always been the quarter you do not buy the stock. You short Oh, short it. I used to wear associate with GameStop. You bet against Scott's Miracle Grow, and then you bet for it. This is incredible. Where do you see how it does during the garden season if we stay pent up? Yes, I understand. In the spring, things will grow, is my understanding. I heard that. It, from, it, remarkable. And yeah. David, that, did hedge funds say that or did Reddit well, no, that say was, that? That was actually uh, uh, Chauncey. I, I don't want to be on the wrong that was, side. That was Chauncey Gardner, the great Peter Sellers, in, that, uh, in being there. But uh, um, and n- didn't you hear, though, Jim? Nobody's doing single-name shorts anymore. So for, even when you mention it, it's not going to happen. Nobody can actually short a single name because of the concern. And you guys can show GameStop if you want because of the concern as to what happened with GameStop. <laughs> will happen there. <laughs> Well, we've David. Did GameStop there take advantage of the fact that its stock went up and be able to reinvent no, itself? No, you've for, talked about has this. GameStop remained. A, they haven't done an at the market. They haven't done an at the market offering. They did report numbers, didn't they? I, I, I know. Unlike, uh, as you pointed out, AMC. Unlike American Airlines, which used those. And by the way, unlike boy, some of those holders of AMC, for example, Silver Lake. You know, they're basically looking at a, a big loss on that convert they did, and then it's like, wow, uh, they got out. They made money. Uh, another firm, I think, also was in the debt and was able, but got a lot of stock as well. They made a lot of money in AMC. Uh, and then AMC was able to at least continue to try to right-size its balance sheet. But your point's a good one. We haven't seen that offering from GameStop. One would expect even at 100, though down from the highs of 483, they'd still be happy to take the money if they could get it, Jim, right? But David, David, Matt Francis, someone from Amazon Web Services, has been uh, named, new created title, Chief Technology Officer at, at GameStop. What I love about GameStop is their selective notion of, of releasing information, their idea of being able to hide their game plan that they don't come on. I wonder if Jay, when Janet Yellen, Secretary Cheshire, comes up, will she say, can we get them on the phone? Because, you see, I try to get them on the phone all the time. I used to speak to Paul Raines, who was the late, fantastic CEO. And we know, David, select with disclosure. Yeah. I keep getting hung up on it because it's against the law. But, you know, David, all's fair in love and selective disclosure. 
and and uh, and war between uh, hedge funds and the uh, and these traders. Uh, Carl, I should mention, True. of course, Amazon just came up there. Uh, Amazon's actually down, despite what was, of course, a very strong quarter. Uh, oh no! Planned departure of Mr. Bezos as the company's CEO come the third quarter, as we pointed out. Andy Jassy will take over uh, that role as CEO. Mr. Bezos will remain executive chair. Uh, but yeah, um, Apple down, Facebook down, Alphabet still uh, still holding up with some significant gains after that quarter. Um, guys, did you see? I mean, I mentioned it. Uh, Apple issued what forty-year paper, two point five five. I think it was two point five five percent, ninety-five basis points above the comparable. Uh, Treasury, or at least if you want to figure out what it would be at 40 years. Well, David, who's got a better balance sheet, the U.S. government or Apple? <laughs> That's a good point. Your uh, Apple. But you didn't talk about Boeing, David. You didn't talk about the refinance uh, deal at Boeing. No, which I didn't. has kept Boeing, which probably had the worst quarter of any major company, which has made it so that you know they're they're ready. Uh, and, and I think that if we open up, I, I, I have this image, David. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think we're going to go places. Uh, you know, like maybe take a plane. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I like the idea. I like the plane? idea. I'm having a hard time. Go fig- somewhere. Yeah. I, I, I'm soon. I think soon. Soon as in what? Three months? Four months? I think so. What do you Sooner think, than we hear from GameStop. Right. Yeah. I mean, GameStop versus flying GameStop. I really want to focus on GameStop because I love the irrelevance of the 5,000 stores. But you know what? Chewy, David, we haven't mentioned Chewy. We haven't mentioned AMC. We haven't mentioned the Revolution. We haven't mentioned the uh, To the Finland Station. We haven't talked about Lenin. We haven't talked about Spartacus League. We haven't talked about Trotsky. I think we just rub them all together and just kind of have like a great class on Western Civ. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. By the way, speaking of communists, uh, did you guys see Alibaba this morning? That stock is up. Um, in part because of news about a potential reorganization at Ant Financial, which, of course, Alibaba owns 33 percent of, as you take a look at shares of Chewy, which have had a very good run. There's Baba um, rebounding yeah. a bit again on that news. You know, it's been around this idea of them becoming a holding company in some way, obviously uh, undergoing a great deal more um, regulation. Uh, and the Chinese, Carl, are very focused right. on fintech and on regulating sort of a lot of the newer offerings that are coming up from companies, of course, like Ant. The question is what it's going to mean to the company's overall profitability uh, and its plans to potentially try to re-engineer some sort of initial public offering, perhaps even within this calendar year. Yeah, we did see that list of uh, mm-hmm. Chinese entrepreneurial leaders in some state media yesterday on which uh, Ma was left off. Uh, the read-in was that uh, perhaps it was a, a signal or a sign of his uh, declining influence, but it's very hard to tell, David, as we know, uh, not a lot of transparency about the relationship, at least, between Ma and the government there. Jim, uh, while we got a moment, I do want to get you on two names. Uh, one is Spotify. Uh, David mentioned subs up 24. Um, number of podcasts has tripled. Uh, from a year ago, from 700K to 2.2 million. It was City that went to a sell on January 15th, being skeptical about the, uh, the podcast strategy. Is that playing out? Look, I, Spotify has had a history of not reacting well to the quarter and then reacting well after when people realize how much of their business is really artificial intelligence, figuring out what your brain wants, kind of Amazon light when it comes to, to uh, music. But the, I think the podcast, the podcast movement is brilliant. And what we'll do is we'll come back and say, you know what, that was a nice decline to get into Spotify. So, Carl, I like it. And congratulations to David when he found Jack Ma. The stock bottom. And no one else knew where he was. And, and, and congratulations, David. It was like a Walter situation. Fantastic work. Carl, our team is Hard amazing. To find the guy when we he was at his house. Ma. Yeah. We, I, 
Is that where he was? In his house? <laughs> yeah, he was, he, was, he was actually good. He was living where he lived. You're good, man. It was tough. It was tough to find him. Wow. Carl, I don't think people realize that, that I don't even think that Joe and Lai, the late Joe and Lai, could have found, could have found Jack Ma. Congratulations uh, to, uh, to my partner, David Faber. Go ahead. Thank you. David Faber, P.I. Yeah, that's um, me. NASDAQ's trading above the uh, January 25 record close. Still shy of an intraday high. Let's get to uh, Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Hello, Carl. Uh, three to two advancing to declining stocks. And we are near a new high on the S&P 500. I know you can find that hard to believe, but just take a look. Uh, with 38.55, that was the old closing high. That was January 25th. We're only 20 points away from another historic high in the S&P after that big dip around GameStop, around Robinhood, and all of those issues. Sectors-wise, that's kind of about an even balance here. China continues to be the outstanding performer on the year. That MCHI is up about 13 14%. Uh, energy's okay. Um, uh, banks are doing okay. Tech is on the flattest side. You know, Alphabet's got a new high, but the mega caps are mostly down today. Consumer staples has been lagging the end entire uh, year. Not a single update, I don't think. The shorts, a uh, surprisingly um, modest uh, trading range today. I think we're 15% up on uh, a GameStop today, but those are not big moves compared to what we've been seeing recently. I'll tell you what is a big move. Secretary Yellen's calling a meeting of the regulators. I pay very close attention to this if I was Robin Hood and everybody else. The thing to look out for is FINRA. That's the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. They're the people who regulate the broker-dealers. They put out a statement the other day specifically saying 2021, we're going to look at the gamification of trading. And here's how they said it here. This focus includes risks associated with app-based platforms with interactive or game-like features that are intended to influence customers, their related forms of marketing, and the appropriateness of the activity that they are approving clients to undertake through these platforms. The word here is appropriateness. This is where they get you because they're going to probably push some arguments that some of the things that are going on are not appropriate for the customers that are using it. Very, very difficult situation for Robinhood, but even other broker-dealers in general. In terms of what's moving the markets, the, the GameStop thing is less of a concern for the markets overall here. So a little bit less systemic risk concerns about that. Back to the stimulus. Go big on reconciliation is a big reason the market's been moving in the last couple of days. And, of course, the vaccine rollout continuing and earnings. Positive surprises here. Folks, we're almost halfway through earnings season. And if you look at the numbers, it looks like the third quarter. They're... Analysts were too conservative again, almost 20% beats that we're seeing, beats 20% above what the estimates are. Way too conservative, guys, and that's the best thing that's happening in the markets right now. And finally, I know uh, that Jim mentioned miracle Growth, but the company's comment is just precious here. We are working closely with our retail partners as they prepare for the upcoming growing season. Stock's up 100% in the last year. Whatever growing season you're preparing for, Scott's has got a part of it. Apparently. Carl, back to you. <laughs> All right, Bob. Thanks, uh, Bob Pisani. As Bob has been speaking, we got uh, Market Services PMI out a couple of seconds ago. Comes in at 58.3 uh, compared to a consensus of 57.1. We're going to get ISM services out at the top of the hour. And by the way, as we said earlier, ADP was a nice surprise. 174K, three times the 50K estimate. We'll be right back. Welcome back, guys. As you well know, of course, and we've talked a lot about it during the course of the last year, corporate responsibility, it has shifted dramatically over this last, let's call it 12 months. Of course, we've had uh, 
the impacts of COVID. We've had social and political uh, unrest. And we've had a lot of CEOs who've been willing to talk about things you never would have heard them talk about in the past. I've recently sat down with the CEOs of Delta and HP and Cisco, just talking about the changing role of the CEO and whether it's here to stay. I don't think that any of us have the option to be quiet anymore. We're, we, we just, we're being asked by so many of our constituents to, uh, you know, to have positions on these things. So it, it has changed significantly. I don't think there's any going back. I think this, uh, what we've been through has changed all of us in, in various ways. And uh, you know, we've always prided ourselves on being very visible with our people and accessible. But we'll, we'll ha be talking about different themes uh, that, that have not talked about as much. I think people have realized that, that companies can really play a very fundamental role in driving our countries and our societies in the right direction. And I think we, we will have to continue to play that role. And Jim, you know this, of course, you've had so many of these conversations as well. It really is, you know, if you, if you went back five years and told CEOs the things that they would take, be taking positions on, none of them would believe that they actually were thrust into that. The question, of course, is will it continue? The answer from these three CEOs and many others that I'll be interviewing as this series continues seems to be absolutely. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this, the genesis, let's give them credit, Mark Benioff at Salesforce, who always talks about that business is the greatest force of change. Uh, all three of those gentlemen are amazing. I, I, I know Enrique very well. Uh, Chuck uh, is so committed to social justice. It's probably, I, I would say, if you interview Chuck, in the old days you would be talking about, well, hold it, how are the special the providers, how's ATT doing? Right. If you don't ask by question three, what Chuck is doing in order to make the world better, you don't know Chuck. And what our viewers want, particularly the 17 million Robin Hooders, is Chuck Robin's a good guy, David. And the answer is yes. That's good stuff, David. I uh, look forward to seeing that. Uh, that's uh, fantastic content and right on point as to where corporate America is right now. We'll take a break here. Uh, Dow's lagging a little bit. Watch the 10-year, uh, 1, 1, 2 this morning on some of that eco data, taking us back to mid-January. Back in a moment. GameStop announcing some hires today, including an AWS executive to run technology for them. Down 72% over the last two days. Right now, hanging on to a 1% gain. We're back in just a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. All right, it has a G in it, so I guess maybe it's close enough to GameStop. Chipotle Mexican Grill. Last night, they were on Brian Nickel. Look, was this quarter a miss? Eh, you know what? Niggling, a couple pennies. But what you need to know is that if you're going to open, their stores are going to open. Right now, they're doing incredibly well just in digital. This is one you let it come in, and then you buy it, Carl, because they're going to have an unbelievable second half of the year. Very good Super Bowl ad coming on about what a burrito means. I think you and I both know burrito means that fatter waistline, but really delicious and fresh if it's Chipotle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, January comps up 11, so we're gonna, I know it's an important story to watch, That's Jim. That's what matters. How about tonight? Thank you. 
Okay, uh, we have Skyworks Solutions, which has so far been the best quarter of the year. That's 5G. Uh, uh, Liam Griffin, he's a great guy, a Patriot fan, unfortunately. Uh, Hologic, that's integral to, of course, testing and, uh, and COVID. And then let's have some fun. Let's have Elf. This is a company that's reinventing the cosmetic industry. You know what? In a period where it's all uh, rich versus poor and big versus not big, how about someone who just does something making people look better? In an era, Carl, where we're Zooming, and I cannot believe you. I had this thing. I got this thing when I was 13, and there's nothing we can do. I got Heather Gaines here. This I need Elf. <laughs> I need Elf. We'll watch it tonight. Your, your, your longstanding thesis on makeup and social and just being watched on camera uh, has definitely played out. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern show, Time, Thank of course, you. Uh, with Jim Cramer. All right, we'll see you. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 